1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is
2: 95.7 The Game. Happy, happy Sunday morning. Thanks for making this part of your day. It's Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason with Kyle Madsen on 95.7 The Game. Kyle, great to be with you. You look different. You get married or something? Yeah, I got a little bit married. A little bit married? Nice. It was great. Yeah. Do you remember the last time... Um, We were together on the radio. We had people texting and calling, and Mm -hmm. we were naming the great sports duos as a way of wishing you and Heather all the best, saying, hey, we hope that your marriage is as fruitful or even more fruitful and productive as these sports partnerships. And How about this as a, a sports partnership? Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. What? An all-time great that? partnership. Yeah. 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 I love that. Incredible last night. What
3: were, a comeback for the dubs. They were unbelievable. And it makes you, it makes you like the people that are trying to make Jordan Poole the third Splash Brother, which feels a little bit premature. A little. But it also felt premature when Mark Jackson called Steph Curry and Clay Thompson the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. And Jordan Poole just keeps on, like, it's at the point now that it's not like, oh, this is a nice little run. I'm just in. Like I'm in on Jordan Poole.
2: Yep. Hey, he's good. He's so, he's good. You're offering him that extension yes. this
3: offseason? Yes, you have to. You have to. Just what he does creating with his shot making, he's too valuable at this point to just let him walk. Because this isn't a four game sample. This isn't a yeah, he's had some good games and some really bad ones. He's just kind of consistently now for what? Six weeks? Yeah been really good
2: incredible win for the warriors 111 107 that game turned around fourth quarter it's like man this this is whoa the warriors staring down the barrel of a tough loss what it means for how they've been playing what it means for the seedings in the west and then you get a couple stops you knock down a couple threes and boom see you later and then the utah jazz reeling i think You know, there's been a lot of people wondering this year where this is going to go for the Warriors. Is this maybe the end of this era? Maybe not. Maybe after last night, it doesn't look like it. But I think one thing's for sure, after last night, I feel like, well, that's it. This this Utah Jazz core, this Gobert-Mitchell tandem, they're finished. I saw them blow a twenty-five point lead earlier this week against the Clippers, and you know to blow another lead like that. I don't know what's going to happen in the. Well, I think I do know what's going to happen in the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna suffer a humiliating loss, and I think they're gonna have to break this thing up. They have to. The Jazz. It is. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And well, and it was funny the way that game was going last night in the first half because Friday, the the discussion was man the Jazz are probably the best playoff yes. matchup for the Warriors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the matchup they want. And then the Jazz in the first half, they they, they finished the half up, Up what was it, 16, 13? I can't do math, but they were up. 15, 15, 15, 15.
2: It was 58 to 45.
3: 58 45. So yeah. 13. So yeah. they're up 13 at the half, but it was up at 16. You six. would have got it, it eventually. At, I just thought it was thought up I'd at 19. You. Thank yeah. you. It was up to 19. <laughs> like it just looked like, hey, the Warriors don't, they, this is not a team they want to play. And so now I'm going through the Rolodex of teams. I'm going, is there a team that, the, that they can beat right now? And then the second half, it's like, oh, yeah, that's why people remain optimistic about the Warriors.
2: Well, you know, you, you saw it. The Warriors <laughs> closed the gap, and then the Jazz said, fine. And then they built it back up again to 16, like that, before the Warriors made their ultimate uh, run. But, the, uh, yeah, they made the run, and then the Jazz said, that's fine. And then they built it back up again. The unbelievable stretch was that—is that was the seven-minute mark,
3: right around the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter when the Warriors are down 16 and it's just kind of like man and they they had the the issue that they've been having and it happened against the Suns the other night it's just they couldn't hit the big shot like it's like man they got the stop here's the possession you knock down a big one here the crowd gets into it the Suns are calling a time and they just kept missing that shot but then like you said they get they get a three to cut it to 13 and they get a stop oh you didn't know the three to cut it to 10 Get another stop, okay. Well, now you need to hit a big one, and they do. And then they did it again. And three of those four were Clay. The other one was Jordan Poole. and it was it, it was just a reminder of you know as Clay struggles here, and people go, well, just give it time. He's gonna find it. It's like, yeah, because when he finds it, that's what you're gonna get. And to me. The Warriors run now, and maybe I'm overreacting to one game, but if the Warriors you are going to make a run, I'm, I, you know what? Here it comes. It's a knee jerk reaction, is what's coming here. <laughs> I think the Warriors are going to go as far as Klay Thompson is going to take them. And I love it. And I thank you. And I mean that because we, for the most part, know what the Warriors need from Draymond Green. And can he ratchet it up like he did against the Suns come playoff time? I'm pretty confident in that
2: he played well last night.
3: Yeah, he was very good, um, and he even said after the game, he's like, "It's time, like here we go, like we're back," and Steph Curry is going to come back. You know what you're, you for the most part know what you're getting from Steph, but Clay, if Clay is going to go one of ten from three, like I don't care what what Steph and Draymond are giving you, the Warriors are a lot easier to defend when Clay Thompson's missing open shots.
2: One of the things that was most significant to me about last night is. And I'd have to go back and look through the box scores, which I actually enjoy doing. Because, like, I got nothing better to do. But um, that was the first game since he's come back that I can remember. And if I'm wrong, please correct me if I'm wrong, where he started slowly but then still ultimately ended up having a really good game. I was saying yesterday when I was on with J.D., with Clay so far, you know early on, does he have it tonight or does he not? Is he, you know, with the bad body language, is he going to have a bad night like the Phoenix Suns game from the opening tip where he committed a backcourt violation? It's like he's just not there tonight. So last night to see him start slowly and then find himself and then score, you know, 36, eight to 17 threes. I thought that was a really positive sign. Another thing, as you said, against the Suns, they had trouble making the big shots. They've also had problems. They definitely had problems in that game. Closing. How many mm-hmm. times this year has it been? Oh, Steph made that player. Draymond with the turnover. Clay committing that foul, and last night they closed like a, a team that is serious about making a run at a championship. That's a real positive sign.
3: Yeah, it was It was like they flipped that switch and just went. It was. It, it was. it was, okay, down 16, seven minutes left. I was fully expecting that to wind up with Jazz by 25, and the Warriors just kind of fade down the stretch. But it was like they went, hey, this is a huge game for the standings. This is a huge game just for morale in general. Coming off a very close loss to Phoenix, it was like they they looked at the Jazz, they looked at the players that they have, and they went, "Hey, we're going to put Rudy Gobert in switches, and we're just going to rain oh, yeah. threes over the top of it, right. and, and eventually gonna they're going to go in, in."
2: Yeah, that was remarkable. That his I don't know if it was Rudy Gobert's decision or like the coaches were. You know, Quinn Snyder's a good coach. Were like, "No, you, you 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 play drop coverage, Rudy." I'm wondering if it was. This is going back a ways. 1986 World Series, Kyle. It was the, the Mets and the Red Sox. And, of course, the Mets ended up winning. But there was one game where there was a key bunt situation and Howard Johnson was up, and he didn't bunt. And people were wondering, how can you not bunt there? That's terrible managing. And after the game, they asked Dave Johnson, the Mets manager, he goes, he can't bunt. He doesn't know how to bunt. Yeah, we should have bunted there, but he can't bunt. <laughs> so, you know, last night, maybe maybe Gobert's like, I'm not getting out on those guys. I'm staying back here, no matter what the coaches told him. I don't know, but the Warriors just took full advantage of it. Thank you very much, Rudy Gobert. And that's what he's going to do every single time.
3: Yeah, that's what he and did
2: against a- the Clippers in the playoffs last year, and that's why they had to go home.
3: And that's why the Warriors want the Jazz, I yes. think, in a first round matchup, mm-hmm. because that's the the Jazz have no fix for that. They have no they have they have no counter to teams attacking Rudy Gobert. Like you said, we saw it against the Clippers last year. We saw it last night for the Warriors, and we've seen it countless other times. He's a great defender, altering shots around the rim. But if you get him in space, <laughs> at all, yeah, it renders him useless.
2: Yeah. With his jaunty French barret? Yeah, I don't know. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> uncommon when you look at a box score for the Warriors and the Jazz. It's not uncommon to see, man, Gobert had a monster game, and they lost. And last night, he didn't have a huge game. His rebounding was incredible, right? He had but he had 14 and 20, and they lose the game. And that also shows us why the Warriors have been insisting, you know what? We don't need to go out and get Greg Monroe, which, by the way, the Jazz did. They went out <laughs> and signed another center this week. We can, we're can, we okay with the guys we have because when the Warriors are playing the way they like to play, and I know I've been very critical of them, I think it'd be nice to have a center. At the end of the mm-hmm. bench, some size. But and we know Wiseman was supposed to be that guy. But last night, that showed why the Warriors are comfortable without that, because I feel like when they're playing Warrior basketball, they can compromise your size more than your size can compromise their lack of
3: and, size. And we saw it at the end of the game. The Jazz had a couple of possessions where they could have cut the lead from from four to two and they missed their first shot. And it's Draymond putting a body on Rudy Gobert and just clearing him out. Rudy Gobert was nowhere to be found on the two biggest misses of the game for Utah. And that's that's why the Warriors didn't go up above and beyond to go get size because when it comes down to it, like they have the they have the players, they have the bodies they need, especially when Draymond can play the 5 to effectively rebound. Are they going to out-rebound every team? No. Could they use a little bit of size? Yeah, sure. Like every NBA team can. But they weren't going to compromise their roster as it's currently constructed to go get Greg Monroe.
2: Yeah, because yeah. they're
3: fine because they're fine without him. We saw it.
2: Huge win! You got the inside track now on the three seed, and I think uh, assuming that the uh, the load management squad that the Warriors have been rolling out, you know, on the second night of back to backs, if they play anything close to the way they've played at times this year, I think you got a real good shot of winning tonight in the state capitol too. And then that, that'd be a real nice feel good win. They needed that win last night.
3: Yeah, they, right. If you lose, if they, especially because they had ratcheted up the intensity against Phoenix and they just missed shots down the stretch, and Chris Paul made a couple of big shots down the stretch, and that was the difference. Make or miss league. So, well <laughs> thank you. I came up with that on my own. So, <laughs> the Suns made shots, the Warriors didn't down the stretch. Last night, it was like, man, they came out flat. They looked. Yeah, disinterested for the most part defensively. And that was they were just missing open shots, which, again, not ideal. But if you're getting open shots, the process is their result isn't great. But defensively, they were just so bad. And it was like, it, did they not understand They are, like what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like they have, what is it, six, seven games left? Figure, figure it out. Like the postseason. you are down to
2: four now, right? Is
3: that my goodness? That's you got flying. you
2: got the Kings, then you got a couple of days off, then you got the Lakers, then you got the Spurs, and then you got the Pelicans, and then that's it. Playoff time.
3: Yeah, geez, four. My goodness.
2: So four games
3: left now. And if they had gotten blown out last night, what what are you feeling good about? And okay, they they played really hard against the Suns, and they faltered down the stretch. Like I said, they missed some shots, they had some bad turnovers, bad off-ball foul by Clay uh, on the out-of-bounds play, swung that game. But, you know, they played hard. They went toe-to-toe with the best team in the West, put Steph on this team, and they're they're a contender again. If they would gotten blown out last night, it, that wipes away everything to me from the Phoenix game.
2: Right, because you're right. Because you're right back to square one. It's one thing for Coach Kerr to say, look, we lost, but that's our team. And then at some point, okay, you got to see the results. By the way, uh, on the text line here, Comcast Business Text Line, 888-957-9570. Interesting text from Don in San Francisco. And I'm over my skis a little bit here. I hope they play the game tonight. Thanks. That's from Don. And I know, Kyle, you were telling me that there was a shooting uh, in yeah. downtown Sacramento last night. So I don't know if that's what Don is alluding to. I, we'll, we'll double check on that if there's any question or any chance of that impacting the actual playing of the game tonight. We will uh, get you that information as soon as it's available to us. Also on the text line. Oh, my goodness. Well, from the 415, how many hours of anti-Clay talk on the radio yesterday? Bench him, gunning, hunting. What might we hear today? All we need is love and Clay. Fair enough. And he was great last night, but he had not been playing well. Right? right. So, So, I mean, that's just what was going on. Is that anti-Clay talk? Or is that just an honest reflection of the way he'd been playing?
3: And I think Clay would tell you he hasn't been playing well. Like, that's the standard he set. Has he been the worst player in basketball? No, not by a long shot. But... From the expectation Which the Begs the question
2: who has, but I'll give you time to right. think about that.
3: <laughs> the bar that he set for himself is, is just so high. And I think that's, that's what people are measuring him against, even though he's coming off these two devastating injuries and to expect him to be peak clay. I think even this year was, was a little bit far fetched, but it's great that he had the game he had last night. He's eight to 17 from three. He's very, very good. But can he stack games like that now? He doesn't need to score 30 plus a night, but can he stack those efficient games? Can he keep making open shots and just kind of building? Because we've seen him have a big game like this before and then fall flat the next two or three. It's like that—that's what that's going to be the next step. We know the ceiling's still there. That's great. But can he continue building and consistently be good night in and night out? Because that's what they're going to need from it.
2: And then last night, to be honest, I think we did see, because I'd been very critical of him taking so many bad shots, but Steve Kerr had been saying, well, once he starts making them, the the shots that aren't great shots start going in, and that did happen last night. So that explains why the Warriors have been as tolerant of that as they have been, perhaps. Also from the nine two five, Whitey, I heard through the grapevine that Kyle's marriage is off to a Nelson Weber type of start. And I don't want to put you on the spot. I hadn't heard anything about that. We know that uh, you know, Nelly and C Web didn't really mesh when they were here. Um but if you don't want to comment on that, you don't you don't need to. We can move on here. Yeah, no, go. that's hilarious. <laughs> From the six five oh, you guys need to stop blaming Clay for everything. The team has issues. Hey they won last night. Nobody's blaming Clay for anything. What are you gonna blame him for? They won last night. Maybe the win of the year and everything back on track. Yeah, that's great. No, it was good. It was nice. It was nice,
3: but like like I said, that doesn't change that Clay has not been very good to this point. Right. And leading up to yesterday, there was a legitimate question if he's going to continue going 1 of 10 from 3 and shooting the Warriors out of games in some spots, is that something that is feasible going into the playoffs? Is that is that tenable? Like, that's a that is still, not, a, I don't
2: know what that means, but I'm gonna say,
3: yeah, 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 tenable, one shy of 11able. Okay, so is that is that something that's feasible? Going to that's still a question. Are we gonna go, hey, Clay's game didn't matter last night because he's been bad recently? No, like, he was awesome last night, they needed him last night, but the fact is, they need that moving forward as well. It's not. Oh, hey! All criticism of Clay is off because he had a nice night. No, that that's it was great. Yes, but they need that moving forward. Like this does not absolve him if he goes two of his next twenty-two from three.
2: He's Kyle Madsen. I'm Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason. Thanks for listening here as we're uh, basking in the afterglow of that huge Warrior win last night. I give you three reasons why. To me, the three biggest reasons why last night was not only a huge win but just. A reason for a sigh of relief from the Warriors because obviously they're serious about making a run here. The way they've been playing, they were in no position to do it. After last night, some real positive signs. The three most positive to me. One, they were really good defensively in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing nothing in the playoffs if if you're not playing defense. And the Warrior defense, for whatever reasons, had been... Um, you know, since since the break, it had been really bad, and a lot of us thought, well, maybe when Draymond's back, everything will fall into place. And it wasn't. And last night in that fourth quarter, and you could almost see the Jazz going, we 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 can't get to the basket. So That was a great sign. Mm-hmm. Igudala seems to make a huge difference. Yeah, defensively.
3: Yeah, and I think it's part of it. Is is he's obviously athletically not where he was, even three or four years ago. But are, are you? yes I am a all right specimen okay <laughs> no but I mean it's uh, he's he's in his th- late 30s now like of course he's not gonna be but even three or four years ago that athleticism's declined but that just the IQ and it's fascinating watching him guard especially like a younger player who doesn't have as much experience he it's like he gets to the spot before they know that they're going to that spot. And then his hands are unbelievable when it comes to when it comes to actually getting his hand on on the basketball and causing deflections and steals. Yeah, he 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 matters even if he's kind of a, a non-factor on the offensive end.
2: Well, Brian Iglesias, our fine producer, quote unquote asterisk, he just points out to me, well, you know, Igudala was minus nineteen last night, but he defended well. He was a big part of their defense when they turned the game around defensively. I'm not I'm not a big believer in your raw plus minus, right? Come on. <laughs> I've seen games where, and bless him, uh, Damian Lee. We were just talking about was it the Boston game where he was like zero for five, and he's like plus five. Yeah, they lost that game by a lot of points, and he was a plus. He was a plus nine, I think. Yeah, I just think when you have you know Iguodala and GP two and Draymond and East Draymond again on the floor, all of a sudden it's like you have a rather formidable defensive team. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, when when it gets it it's difficult to get into the lane and then once you get there you have a defender like Draymond who is extremely smart in terms of his timing he's he has length that you're just not expecting from a guy his height um and he just he his his timing is amazing he's just a very very excellent rim protector even if he doesn't fit the the prototypical definition right. it's a great right. it's a great point and when you have players like GP two and Andrew Wiggins who's a good perimeter defender and Clay Thompson, who uh, for, for, you know, his ups and downs in terms of shot making, I think he's always going to be at least a serviceable defender, if not a very good defender. And I think that's something that he's getting back as well. So you can throw a very good perimeter defense out there. And then you have Draymond on green uh, down low. That's, that's plenty. Now, can those guys get on the same page? Can they not have breakdowns that leave, Jazz players wide open in the corner for three.
2: I thought Draymond was going to get teed up last night. I did too. Maybe tell. a couple times. Yeah,
3: especially late in the game when there was the out-of-bounds. Yeah. And they didn't review it, and he's calling for the review, and he's doing the how awkward, waving call. Yeah.
2: Oh. How, Kyle, how awkward do you think that is for, for any coach, but especially when we're talking about Draymond and Steve Kerr? And, you know, coaches want to save their timeouts, and they're not sure. But when you have a player, and he's your player, and he's very, you know, demonstrative and like, hey, you got to review that. You're on the spot, right? Because, like, "Um, no, we don't want to. You're wrong. Or, you know, that's got to be a little awkward. Right. There's a strategy involved. Yeah. Do we
3: save this timeout. How yeah. valuable is that timeout?
2: How right. valuable is that possession? Yeah. And your player's angry. I guess you can look back and then, you know, kind of pretend that, oh, I didn't. I was going to, but we didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> You know what no. I mean? No, I think I think you just assess the
3: <laughs> in in the situation how valuable and the Warriors are playing good enough defense that they didn't view that that possession as is, is valuable enough to lose a timeout.
2: Right. But it, it's to take it easy. You're, you're making it you're making us all look bad. Hey, you know, like with the yeah. whole round them up. I started doing that at home. You know, if my wife says, Why did you, you know, you know, why did, did you take the so and so out of the refrigerator or whatever? I hey we gotta hey, go to review on, review on that. Review it. I wasn't review asked. It. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you start pointing and yes, doing the yeah. I love that. The doing? circular it's, finger motion.
2: I gotta tell you it's not real popular. No? You no, know, not a fan get, of that? I get a chuckle. I get a <laughs> chuckle out of it. Uh so that was huge. Defense much improved. And then of course she had Clay playing so well. And someone on the text line points out he started off badly last night. I know that's what made the fact that he played so well mm-hmm. that much more that much more encouraging. And so Clay and Dre playing well. And then thirdly, oh my goodness, you talk about a guy that people uh, pile on. Wiggins was really good last night. He was was. really efficient, and he played good defense, too. That's the Wiggins they need to see more often. And the fact that he did that
3: in a game where he was sharing the court with Klay Thompson is an even bigger deal.
2: And he only had 10 shots, and he scored seven. You know, He's always going to give you 17 points. On the nights when you need 14, he'll give you 17. On the nights when you need 24, he'll give you 17. But last night, I mean, that was a very efficient uh, 17, and he hit three of four three-pointers. He just needs to shoot the ball better. He did last night, and he was a huge part of the win and very impactful, even though he wasn't, you know, close to being the star of the game.
3: Yeah, and that's what they, like, that's always been the the thing with him, right? It's like, okay, he can't be your one, but if he's your three or four, you're in a great spot. And that's, <laughs> that, like, last night was the ideal game for the Warriors from a production standpoint. It was Clay and Poole, and now you, you factor Steph instead of Poole there in the in the playoffs, but you have... And that you'll have Steph Clay, you have Jordan Poole, presumably probably off the bench, leading the bench unit. And then if Andrew yeah. and then and then hey. if Andrew Wiggins is that guy, if he can go, I mean, he's not going to go seven of ten and three or four every night, but if he can be in that range and be that effective and then be as good as he can be defensively, mm-hmm. that again, it's not, it's not about sealing with him. It's about can he do that night in? And night out.
2: How about that great moment when he hit the big three, a big part of the warrior comeback here when they had that uh 18 to nothing run? And he comes down and no one guards him. And Gobert, apparently, Slate says that Gobert had him because they he wasn't supposed to have him, but they didn't match up well. So Gobert is guarding uh Wiggins as he comes down the floor, and Wiggins realizes he's not coming out on me, and he just yeah. knocks down the three. Boom. Back to Wiggins. Yeah. He stepped into it. Yeah. Boom. That's you can't a, get away with that. And that's what they right. And that's what they
3: need from Andrew Wiggins. Is like, dude, shoot it. Like just take take the open shot when it's there. Now, can he finish through contact consistently? We'll see. That's a that's a whole other thing. But if he's gonna knock down threes and play excellent defense, that's
2: that's that works for you.
3: All they need from him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think they end up now? Uh you look at the standings the Warriors are. Third, they're a game ahead of Dallas for fourth, and then the Jazz now three games back. So with four to go, and as we said, you got the Kings tonight, you got the Lakers, you got the Pelicans, and you got the Spurs. Those two teams may actually be playing for something, and I think that's another back-to-back at the end there um, to wrap it up. So inside track on the third seed, which would match up with six, which of course right now would be the Denver Nuggets. So how are you feeling about all that? Which, which again, we got a lot of moving parts how you feeling about that right now not great about denver
3: yeah i'm hoping that denver passes utah
2: could happen yeah they're technically tied utah is fifth because of the tiebreaker but right now they're both 46 and 32
3: yeah i want no parts of denver i just i i i want you got your
2: yeah
3: yeah i do (laughs) he's really good understand a really really good player I want nothing. I want no part to him. Give me, give me Rudy Gobert over over Jokic in a playoff matchup. I think he day. stinks. He not No, I don't.
2: Hmm. I I understand that. I, I I certainly do. And I think yeah, the the Jazz, especially after last night, would be if you could handpick an opponent. right? And you never talk this way, but it's pretty clear. That's who we want to play. Give but me I, Iguodala. Give me the Utah Jazz. The other person I want no part of is Mike Malone. I think Michael Malone is an
3: excellent coach, and I just want. I want none parts of that because oh I because think they of would, the whole
2: hack a loony thing.
3: No, well, I just think they would make they would make it if the if the words are going to key on Jokic defensively, which I think they would try. I think the the Nuggets would have a better adjustment for it. I don't think Quinn Snyder knows what to do, and it's very clear because they haven't figured it out yet. Maybe they're saving a wrinkle for the playoffs, but. I just don't – I don't know if the Jazz have an audible the way that that Mike Malone and the Nuggets would.
2: Yeah, clearly they didn't last night. And, of course, it's another reason why last night was so big. If you'd lost that game last night, all of a sudden you'd be looking at, are we going to finish in the top four? They'd all be on the table, and they would have had a losing streak. So, huge win for the Dubs tonight, and I think a legitimate chance to get another one tonight. Here's what's coming up. A big night for a former Warrior, and I'll tell you what, this player's chances at a major award. Finished. Done. Donezo. That's next. Kyle Matson, Whitey Gleason, 95-7 the game.
0: Bellator MMA returns to San Jose when undefeated featherweight world champion A.J. McKee faces former three-time champ Patricio Pitbull in an immediate must-see rematch. Don't miss it. Friday, April 15th at the SAP Center.
3: Buying online
4: is as simple as 123 with Ceremony Ford, your Bay Area Ford dealer. Right now, get 0% APR for 60 months on all-new 2021 Ford F-150S in stock. Start now. Ceremony Ford.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
3: Draymond hands off, Klay turns, fires again. Got another one!
4: Another three for Klay Thompson! It's a four-point
3: game, and the Jazz want time!
4: Now back to 95-7, the game.
2: What a win for the Warriors. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, Kyle Madsen on 95-7, the game. Klay Thompson last night was electric, and it was really an encouraging sign that, as we've said, he started slowly and then uh, closed aggressively and well against a Utah Jazz team that's reeling. Kyle, I don't know. This is a side note here, but I, I don't know how anyone could watch that game last night, and then say, oh, yeah, defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, check. Yeah, because, boy, he's, woo! what a defender he is.
3: I, I I think his DPOY votes are a result of voters not, because you can't watch 82 games for all the teams. You just, that that's impossible. There's not enough time. So a lot of voters rely just on numbers. And the Jazz are a good defensive team, and they are a better defensive team when Rudy Gobert is on the floor, and he affects shots at the rim, and he does all this stuff that makes it hard for teams to score. Like, I get it. But I just have a hard time having a defensive player of the year who can be attacked on defense. You know, like, that's what the Warriors did last night. Yep. They said, we're going to have Draymond set a screen, we're going to get Rudy Gobert in the switch, and we are going to go bombs away because there's nothing he can do about
2: it. Yeah, because he doesn't, yeah, he's not going to come out of the paint. And
3: I can't, I can't, like, I don't want to, I don't want this to be like, Rudy Gobert stinks. That's not what it is. It's just, I, I don't think that that guy can be the DPOY.
2: No, no. He was, either he was stubborn last night or they were stubborn in their approach. I don't know, but uh, the Warriors would love to see it again in the postseason. On the text line here, Comcast Business text line is always open. 888-957-9570. It's like Klay Thompson uh, with Rudy Gobert on a switch. is always open. Uh, let's see here. That's- the way the Warriors use Wiggins now, he has to make the most of his offensive opportunities when he does it looks like last night. I agree with that, although I think you know he has gotten a decent number of shots, only 10 last night. Because you had uh Clay and Jordan Poole taking so many. But to me, the notion that, well, with Clay in there, Wiggins doesn't get shots, I think that's been a little overstated. However, I agree that's what he has to do. He has to make shots from the four one five. Gleason and Madsen never question Clay again, or it's go time on site. I'll square up and fight y'all outside Chase Center. Okay. I think we could take the two of us, I think we could take them, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. That Bring it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. How could you not question the way he had been playing? Even he was questioning it. Right. You could see his, yeah. with his body language.
3: No, that person is just okay with failure. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of ten from three. You go, Clay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. To me, to me, the the conversation with Clay was not was not about is he is like he's he was if he had never stepped foot on a court again, he was going to the Hall of Fame. If he was, if he is, because again, one good game sprinkled in amongst him struggling does not make it like, oh, he's back. But it's certainly encouraging. But the thing for me was not, was not as Clay ever going to be himself again. I was just kind of turning the calendar to next year and looking like, okay, you know, he can give him some minutes this year, but he'll be back to being like dangerous, dangerous Clay next year. If he winds up getting there this year, my entire outlook for the Warriors is different.
2: You uh, you mentioned by the way, you just mentioned the Hall of Fame, and I agree with you on Clay. Did I ever tell you about when I went to the Basketball Hall of Fame? I've only been there one time, and it was like 20 years ago, and it was very disappointing. And I think they have a newer building now, um, but it was not what I expected. There was a picture. You know, I'm a big ABA fan. In fact, I have a Carolina Cougar shirt on. Of course. Um, a, a, there was a picture of an ABA thing, and it said somebody scoring over Connie Hawkins, and I looked at it, and I was like, that's not Connie Hawkins, that's Willie Sojourner. Well, they got it wrong. So when I went home, I called them up and complained. I said, you're the Basketball Hall of Fame. You should at least know who the players are. And I mentioned this on the radio, and a former NBA player and a former college star heard me, and he called me up and he, he off the air, and he said, you know, there's like one guy running the whole place, and he's really doing the best he can, you shouldn't. And, and I felt so
3: bad. <laughs> I felt so bad.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, right? It's the Hall of Fame. You should have the uh, you should have the names right. Anyway, hey, Tim Hardaway and George Carl going to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. As they should. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And they got the new building, I'm sure. now. I'm sure it's uh, terrific. Speaking of Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, how about the former warrior, Kevin Durant, 55 burger last night. He's unbelievable. Career high, which is kind of surprising cuz look at guys like Devin Booker scored 70 and it seems like Devin Booker's great except when he plays the Warriors. But if he can score 70, you think Durant is good for 85 easy, right? I think if Ke- this
3: is this is probably not going to be a super popular opinion, but I like Kevin Durant very much. He's
0: the gamote.
3: And I think that he is so committed to playing basketball like the quote-unquote what's the the right way quote-unquote that he would rather go for 40 and get his teammates open looks and making the right pass than go for 65 or 70 because if Kevin Durant wanted to go get 65 or 70 he yeah could. I agree but it would probably be in a losing effort and he's always played with with great players like he's always been around really awesome players So there's never been a necessity for him to go for Mm 60-plus.
2: But he could, right? You figure. I I definitely think he could. Yeah. He doesn't have 50, more than 50 very many times, but in the 40s, to your point, it's like a whole mess of times where he's in the 40s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then last night, they they were shorthanded. They lost to the Hawks. So they got, you know, play-in concerns, possibly. You look at the Lakers. They might not even make the play-in. Kyle, the Lakers. It would be incredible.
3: It would be It'd be the second best thing that could happen this season. It's like Warriors title one, by a lot. And then there's a lot of space. Two is the Lakers missing the play-in entirely. Really? Oh, God. It'd be so good. I think if you're a Laker
2: (laughs) hater, wouldn't it be better for them to get into the play-in and then, like, get bounced in the first game in a humiliating fashion? No, I don't even want them
3: to get there. I want them to just lose out. Like, don't even get there. Don't even be involved. I don't want to watch even one more game of LeBron writhing around on the ground in the fourth quarter while his team's down 10. And then he limps around and then he comes to the, he comes to the podium with like an eye patch and a wrist, and a, a wrist wrap and a thing on his knee. And he's like, yeah, I've just been beat up my ankle and this whole, I don't know if I'll ever walk again. It's pretty amazing that I even played, I want none of that. I don't want any of it. I think, get him
2: out of my life. You think he does that at home? Like, if he has to say pluck an eyebrow, does he pluck the eyebrow and then grab his head and? Fall <laughs> and yeah, roll probably. And roll on the floor? No, no, he doesn't because he he knows
3: there's no cameras around. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I uh, I just want nothing to do with that. I want I want them out. I don't want I don't want to deal with them anymore. Okay. Yeah, I'm tired of them.
2: Yeah, Warriors get him Thursday. Good. Yeah. Maybe a chance. I don't know how the math works out, but maybe a chance to put that final nail in uh, the dude, coffin. That'd be unreal. How many uh for my putting the nail in the coffin? Not a lot. What? Yeah, that it gets higher as the nail gets, you know, further in the wood. Okay, whatever. All right. What
3: what hammer and nail are you using that sounds <laughs> like that? <laughs> what? Yeah, that doesn't Okay. I had to I had to <laughs> Hammer some nails into a fence board that had come loose, and it did not sound like that at really? all. What did
2: it sound like, smart guy? I can't make
3: the noise, okay. so I'm not gonna try. All right. Well, my neighbor came out and said, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> he would not have went. <laughs> that's not what it sounded like, man. Wow. So I wanna, I wanna. You were run...
2: just playing checkers. That's all you were doing right there.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what you were doing as well. In fact, great checkers. Four for the checkers, one for your nail in the coffin. So the 408 on the, uh, on the text line says he's coming back, talking about Clay from two and a half years off. The Warriors are letting him work it out in-game. The continuous overanalyzation sensation, that's a buck, gets ridiculous. We all know what's going on. Okay, so it's not overanalyzing. Nobody is sitting here wondering what the Warriors are doing. We all know that they said, hey, go get your shots. Go figure it out in-games and be ready. the The problem is, and the discussion point is, Can the Warriors continue to do that into the postseason? Because if he finishes these four games and goes eight of 40 from three in those four games, do the Warriors feel good going into the playoffs going, hey, he's going to continue working it out? Or do you switch it up and say, hey, you didn't figure it out in the regular season, so we're going to reduce your role? That's where the that's the conversation. The conversation is not what Clay is or is not doing or what he should or should not be doing. It's hey, can the Warriors continue doing that in the playoffs because yeah, he goes 8 of 17 last night, but the night before that, 1 of 10, also sprinkled in here a 2 for 7, a 1 for 11, a 2 of 8, a 2 for 9, a 1 for 5, a 2 for 8, right. a 3 for 10, a 1. The, they can't afford to have those night in and night out in the postseason. That was the
2: question. Yes, I appreciate the love for Clay and the support, but um yeah um here's the thing we yeah we all know what was going on and what the words are trying to do but we didn't know how long it would take and we're not sure now i mean last night was sensational we shouldn't even be having this conversation but people get so upset how dare you suggest that clay should what's right that needs to stop right now the thing is you didn't know how long it was going to take right right and if it was the process and, and as i said we don't know hopefully he's found it maybe not if the Clay that we saw that was struggling, if that Clay was struggling in the playoffs, then you'd have to make some hard decisions, and that's a fact, right? right. That's not saying say Clay's terrible; they need to get rid of him. But in, you know, and during the regular season, when you're, you're already you're in the playoffs, you give him time; you have the luxury of giving him time to find it. If you had gotten into the postseason and he hadn't found it, then you'd have some tough questions. Those are worth talking about. But today, it's a matter of Clay was great last night. Hallelujah! Yes, come on.
3: Right. And now, can he? The question now is as awesome as it was watching him just do the thing where he went, it's that was that was that looked like Clay in the game he got hurt in 2019 in the finals in game six. Because the Warriors, as long as Clay was playing in that game, they were not going to lose because Clay had decided they weren't going to lose. And that's what it looked like last night. So, again, to know that he still has that is like, yes, check that box. The ceiling is there. Because there was a question of, hey, can he beat? That was Pete Clay last night, fourteen to twenty-eight, eight to seventeen from three. Give me that. Mm -hmm. Check that box. Mm -hmm. The next box to check is can he avoid going one for ten? Can he avoid those stretches of like, man, he just cannot buy a bucket.
2: More importantly than that, yeah, it is. And to me, more importantly than that is because you know, it's a (laughs) make or miss league, as you've famously said right I
3: coined that phrase. those
2: games are going to happen the matter it's a matter of this if clay has those games is he going to be okay with it can he shake it off can he prevent that from forcing him into taking more bad shots can he prevent the bad body language that's all because the bad bad shots the bad the rough nights are they're, they're gonna happen mm-hmm. so that that's all true but someone says well it's reactionary when one day he's washed next day he's back to normal that no one I don't know anyone that said he was washed so that's that's just ludicrous that's just taking the argument that no one ever made. And far. if somebody
3: if somebody made that argument they were wrong. Yeah. That's that that's never been the case. It's about what can he what can he contribute this year and can he contribute consistently? And to that point, I was somebody points out, he went 9 of 16 from 3 against Atlanta and then 5 of 13 against Washington. Yeah, he was really good back to back in those games. But again, sprinkled in there is a 1 for 10 after the game against Washington, a 2 for 7 the game before Atlanta. A 6-for-12 against San Antonio, okay, that's good. 1-of-11 against Boston, 4-of-12 against Washington. That's that's the stretches, 8-of-14 against Milwaukee, and then 2-of-8, 2-for-9, 1-for-5, 2-of-8. Like, those are the stretches that it's like, man, that's where he can't buy a bucket. Can they live with? If he's going to go, what is that, a stretch of 5-for-22 in the playoffs in three games? Like, that's going to make it tough to win.
2: Yeah, I think that was a fair point. I don't even know what we're – are we really arguing about whether are, he was playing poorly how could you say he wasn't? Right? Or least,
3: understandable, but really? At least I don't even want to say poorly, but he was not consistently good. And that's what he would have he would be really good and then really not good. And then oh, he's really good again. Okay, he wasn't very good. And that's just it's reactionary because it's man, Clay was really not good it, against against uh against Phoenix. Clay Stunk. Yeah. I mean, he was he, he watched the game, first of all, but then the box score says it. 5 of 21 and 1 of 10, and then he committed a bad foul at the end of the game. Very bad.
2: Good point. Yeah.
3: So he wasn't good against Phoenix. That's not... That's a that's, fact. That, right. Yeah. He will tell you that. hmm And then he comes back last night, and he was excellent.
2: Yeah. I, I guess... I,
3: I, I, I'm not 100% sure where the the... The issue is
2: I think some fans are saying look it was clay and you were silly to doubt that he would find it again. What's wrong with you guys? How could you doubt that Clay Thompson, one of the greatest shooters of all time, would find it again? If that's your point, okay. Um I ho- I hope you're right. I mean, I I hope he's found it now. That would be tremendous. Uh, if he can build on this, 888-957-9570. And I'm not arguing that he can. All of a sudden, Kyle, I feel like all of a sudden we're having to point out the flaws of this guy who had a great game when we should all be celebrating it today. He
3: was awesome. Yes, he was awesome. Yeah, and uh, that's what that's what I I. This is how important I think Clay is. I think they're going to go as far as he is going to take them. If he's going to be, he again, he doesn't have to go eight of seventeen from every every night, but if he can consistently be hitting three, four, five, and doing so fairly efficiently, the Warriors become a very, very hard offense to guard.
2: You're right. And if he can avoid letting those off nights that are inevitable for any great any shooter um, affect the rest of his game, mm-hmm. that would go a long ways towards keeping this thing on a, an even keel. Dave, Oh, boy. Let's go to Dave and Alameda on 95.7 The Game. How are you, Dave? Hi, Dave.
4: Oh. Hey, fellas. Hey, Spadoni. Hey, hey, Whitey. Uh, Whitey, right?
2: Yeah, but Spadoni's not here, but I'm sure he appreciates it. Oh God, Kyle Madsen today. (laughs)
4: Like you guys all sound the same. I'm so sorry, man. But no, I was going to say, you know, with uh, you got you got you're gonna have Clay, my man Steph Curry coming back, so we got Clay dropping 36. Like you know, like so many coaches say, uh, you know, those points are going to be there. So don't confuse activity for achievement. Clay can't do this with Steph uh, out there on the floor. He's going to have to come back to the 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 rest of the pack and just be happy scoring 20 and setting up Steph, because if he wants to be the captain, it's not going to work. You know, we could take this team we had last night and get this goofy win, which we I don't even think we really deserved. And, uh, you know, but with Steph coming back in the playoffs, in a seven-game series, Clay is going to have to set this guy up, and so is everybody else, because if it's going to be the Clay show, then it's not going to work, in my opinion, because we're going to have to score 120 points, on good shooting and and still have to and still not not give up 115, 116, hundred and sixteen hundred and twenty points as well. Thank you. Dave. Our defense.
2: Yeah, thanks for the call.
4: And I, I think good he, call, knew,
2: Dave. he knew who you were. He's taking a cheap shot at you. Here's oh, no, the thing. I know. Didn't Clay score sixty once on eleven dribbles when, when Steph was there? Didn't he score thirty seven and a quarter? Wasn't Steph on the team at that time? I think so. Wasn't he? I'm fairly sure. Okay. Thanks. Maybe we can look that up. Maybe Brian can look that up for us. Thank you, Dave. It's better than Dave calling in and pretending. Ah, this is uh, a
3: <laughs> this is right. Jimmy from San Antonio.
2: Right. Yeah. The,
3: the most honestly, the most encouraging thing just to just to kind of spin the clay thing forward. The most encouraging thing for me with with what I've seen this entire like since he came back against the Cavs through now, I am because when he first came back, it was like, man, how's he gonna look? What's this look like? I am. So much more – what he does over the next four games and into the playoffs, I don't know. But I am so much more confident in what he's going to be next year when he has all these – he's going to have a 1,000 minutes, 1,000-plus thousand minutes under his belt. Um, He's going to get a full off season, And then going into next year, I feel great about the direction Clay is headed.
2: I got a question for you. We're going to go back to the phones, and then we'll come back to get your answer to this question. You're a cat guy, right? Yeah. yeah, so you know Clay and Rocco. I,
3: I, I need to I need to be clear here, and I don't want to step on your point. I am a cat guy, also a dog person.
2: Love dogs. Which one of them is close? Do you feel more? I have towards? I have cats. Okay, so Clay was on. Uh, he was on Ibaka's podcast, and Ibaka asked him, Clay, excuse me, he said Clay, uh, Rocco or Steph? Yeah, got to get rid of one. Which Which one are you getting rid of? And he wouldn't answer. It was either answer the question or drink some sort of uh grasshopper tea or something. And so he drank the tea. He didn't wanna he didn't wanna answer the question. So that would be what do you what do you think of the way he answered that? Uh, we'll we'll come back around to you. It's like your dog or Steph, so you gotta get rid of one. And he would not he said, Give me the give me the grasshopper tea.
3: Here's the proper thing. You say Steph. Because you can explain to Steph <laughs> I'm joking, I'm just that's was, not a bad answer. To, that. To, right. Rocco's
2: not going to look at you funny when you come home. Like, hey, I heard what
3: you did on right. the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. you just you say you say you'll get rid of Steph. And people go, oh, he loves his dog. That's great. And then he goes, and Steph goes, Steph's not going to go, dude. What the hell? Like, he, <laughs> Steph's not. I would have
2: said Steph. All right, uh, James in Palo Alto, 888-957-9570. James, you're on with uh, Kyle Manson and Whitey. What's going on?
5: Hi, Kyle and Whitey. Thanks for taking my call. You know I have a little bit different perspective on the Clay issue, because don't forget, Clay's not deciding his minutes, it's the coach mm-hmm. and, and the coach team. And I think that Kerr is all about figuring out how are we going to win in the playoffs. And he doesn't really care if they're the third seed or the fourth seed, he needs his team ready for the playoffs. And so if it takes time to work out the kinks in Clay's game, So be it. It's okay. He doesn't care if he loses a game to Utah or Denver so long as when the playoffs begin, Clay is clicking. And I think that we underestimate the importance of what Kerr is doing to try and get him to the right state of mind, the right physical uh, health, and, and get the Warriors to be the best playoff team that they possibly can be.
2: Thank you James. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, Clay did play last night, 39 minutes. So the minutes restriction days, they're they're all over. That's that's a real positive sign too for Clay.
3: Yeah, he's he's 39 minutes last night, 33 mm-hmm. the game before that, 36 40. Yeah, he's he's playing. He's in. And that again, that's another when you look at going into next year, that's
2: another thing that's very encouraging yeah. for his future.
3: And if he's going to continue playing like he did last night, watch out
2: also, as far as, you know, James made a point about the seating. They don't care where they are. I I was just really glad to hear last night after the game, Coach Kerr said, you know, we've been scoreboard watching a little bit because I understand why the company line has been, Yeah, you know, we got things to figure out. We don't care where we end up. But clearly you care where you end up, right? Yeah. yeah. With everything, you know, they got so many other things. You don't want to put more pressure on everyone. Well, we want to hang on to the third spot, whatever. But that was a huge win in terms of the seating. And it was just nice for to hear them acknowledge that last night.
3: Yeah. Don't, don't don't lie to us. Like not, oh, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Well, especially because you want to start getting a head start on scouting, and yeah, you want to. I mean, there's any kind of edge that you can get. This isn't a Warriors team that's just going to throw their jerseys on the court and win in the first round. And
2: you want home court. And if you'd mm-hmm. lost last night, that even would be in question in the first round.
3: Yeah. Do you think here? Here's a here's a here's a. I got a zinger for you. If they go into the last game of the year in a spot where it's win. And you're in the three-seed playing Denver or lose and you go to the four-seed and you play Utah. Do you think that they would prefer one or the other where they would, like, rest a bunch of guys and lose to go to the four-seed on
2: purpose? Which one puts me in the Phoenix bracket? Four does, right? Yeah, where you'd face Phoenix in the second round. You know, it's probably – that's going to be – I think that last game will be the second of a back-to-back again, which kind of – Takes the decision out of their hands in a way, but I think, I think you go three. I think you stay out of the Phoenix side of the bracket if you can. Right, but uh, there's you'd rather some play. Like-
3: you'd rather play Memphis and Phoenix. I don't know if I would.
2: It's uh, yeah, I think I would. I think it's. I don't it's, know if it's I a would. Tough call. They have played well against the Suns this year. I know. Them? Yeah, 888-957-9570. Joe in San Francisco, ninety five seven. The game. Hello, Joe. What's up?
6: Hey, hey, gentlemen. Uh, the thing that I think a lot of people—it seems like they're forgetting—is pro sports are brutal and ruthless. And Clay, whether he's been back for two months or how long, he has to perform. And he was great last year. If and last night, if and we all love Clay. If McGlinchey comes back next year after he broke his leg and he get he has one great game, and but he gives up two or three sacks for two or three, four games in a row, are we going to say, oh, he's working himself back in? And the reason why that's an issue is if if the backup to Clay was with a Bazemore who's terrible, a a poor Clay is better than a great Bazemore. But Kurt has choices. He could say, you know, Clay, you're coming off the bench, and we're going to Wiggins more shots. We're going to get Poole more shots. So there is a reason to analyze whether Clay is – playing good and should be starting or off the bench or not. I hope he comes back, but people will realize that, you know, we, we, we have an emotional tie to Clay, but this is pro sports, and his his play does have impact on them moving forward, and that he has to perform, or he, he shouldn't be out there in the same role. That's just the way things work. Truthless. Thank you, David.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, so what did the Warriors find last night, and how do they – Hang on to it going into the postseason. We'll find out from Sam Esfandiari from the uh, Light Years podcast, one of these pod, One of your podcast buddies, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I like Sam. Yeah. Sam's going to join us next right here. It's Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.